You're listening to Faith Assembly of God Online, a recording of our weekly service. Thanks for joining with us, a place where hope and reality converge. We're looking at the next 40 days, and I've been asking this question, and, and I have put this on my personal calendar, that I've been uh, setting aside a time, and, and there are moments where you pursue God, and we always pursue God. We never quit pursuing God, but I come to moments in my life where I sometimes kind of refocus and look and just set some timing in place and an order of time to say, I'm going to diligently give emphasis and focus. You say, well, don't you do that all the time? Aren't we supposed to do that every time? Absolutely, but let's all be real. Over time, certain things sometimes need to be recalibrated. There's certain things that either need a tune-up or needs an alignment, needs to, needs to be recalibrated and just, just looked at. And I, there are moments in my life where I'll just take 40 days that God is calling me to and, and uh, just either a personal moment of whatever it is, just of, of looking and praying specifically in an area of what, what God wants to do. But uh, looking uh, 40 days from now, I want to ask that question. 40 days from now, what are you going to be doing? Where will, you, where will your relationship with Jesus Christ be in 40 days? Now, you could think, and most of us, because, you know, you've heard this said, the older you get, the faster time flies. That's not true. Ask teenagers anymore, time flies like that. When you and I were teenagers, it seemed like it took forever to get out of high school. Our teenagers now are saying it feels like high school is so quick that it's over in no time. Now, some of you might be teenagers and saying, I'm not so sure about that right now. But time is flying. It, it, it has a sense. It's taking off. It's going faster and faster. Looking back, Allie, high school wasn't as long as you thought it was, was it? Gone just like that. Time is flying in this thing that, that just speeds right by. But 40 days from now, and let's be honest, when we get caught up in the whirlwind, we just exist. We got to be real and just to, it, be honest with it. Without any plans, without, without intentional steps and intentional things in place, we just wake up to a new day, to another day becoming another day, tomorrow becoming the next today, and, the, and, the, and soon today becoming our yesterday. And we just get caught up in a shuffling pattern that we really are in the same place. We've just changed the calendar and we're in the same role in the same, same aspect sometime. But there are moments where we've got to really evaluate and say, okay, intentionally looking at my life, where am I going to be in four? 40 days. You know, 40 days, a lot can happen. Do you realize that in 40 days, in 40 days, the Pittsburgh Pirates could be the next World Series champions? I don't know why we're clapping, but the rest of us that didn't clap are like, we're just happy to get the one game, okay? That's but in 40 days, anything could happen. You realize that in, that in 40 days, in 40 days, you could have a family member that announces or comes and, and says, hey, we're bringing home a, a child. Or if you're of a certain family here, two of them, twins that are becoming in just a couple, uh, couple uh, uh, days or weeks. And so 40 days can change a lot of things. 40 days, yeah, somebody's looking around. Is that you? Is that, no, is that you? 40 days can, a lot can happen in 40 days. You realize that in 40 days, in 40 days there could be a move of God's spirit that overtakes our community, our, our areas, our public schools, our workplaces, that in 40 days there could be a move of God that there are multiple people who come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ where those who are strung out on addictions and difficulties that in a moment God by his power supernaturally raises them up and makes them whole. 40 days can make a world of difference. 
in 40 days, Faith Assembly will be entering its 35th year of ministry here in Uniontown. In October, this church will turn, amen. In October, this church will turn 30, 34 years old and will enter and start 35 years of ministry and starting into a, into a, a new year and, and those new things. A lot can happen in 40 days. I don't know what it'll be, but the choices we have will play a great impact in what happens over the next 40 days. You say, is there something special about 40 days? Well, in 40 days, it will be November the 7th, 2013. It'll be a Thursday. And on that Thursday, the, uh, there'll be football games happening because it's Thursday night football. There'll probably be certain programs on television because it's Thursday. Those things are on. But on Thursday, November the 7th, 2013, Billy Graham will be turning 95 years old. And on his birthday, his wish or his birthday prayer is that there would be a move of God's presence drawing people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so on that day, there will be on television a program that will give an opportunity for people to hear a clear, relevant presentation of the gospel. And it will go, it will go nationwide for people that we can invite friends to tune in or invite people to our home and watch that with them. That day in 40 days, that's going to be happening. When I looked at the calendar, I saw that from this Sunday would be 40 days and I just realized and, and put together the significance of what 40 is and I said, God, we're going to mark that on the calendar and we're going to look and intentionally say over the next 40 days, I want to I want to recalibrate and hone in and, and focus and look and say, God, in my life, I want to take intentional steps in these next 40 days and not just spend another season walking in a wilderness. Those of you that may have been with us at the beginning of the year, remember we preached a message and in that message, this statement was made that for some of us, or many of us, this will be the last year walking in the wilderness and the first year walking in the promised land. I don't know if you remember that, but the Lord put that on my heart as a word for this body and for this church that we're walking into our fulfillment. The Lord reminded me of that recently during, it, during this, this, uh, this season of prayer and, and just as we've, we're, we're praying and, and looking in this season that we're in, that God is bringing us into the fulfillment. God has a desire and a purpose for your life. Your decisions over these next 40 days, these next 30, 20, 10, 100 days, I don't care what number you put on the day, but your decision over this day that's in front of you will determine whether you'll spend another year circling the wilderness or you'll walk into the fulfillment that God has for your life. Why should we wander another day when God has a purpose and a destiny that we can walk in? When we begin to walk in the steps of faith and walk in the righteousness that he has for us, why spend another day in the wilderness when he wants to walk us into the promised land that he has for our life. I'm saying to you today, church, today is the day to begin this fulfillment in the work that God wants to do in our life. You say, is there anything special about the day? Absolutely, absolutely nothing. But there is something significant about the faith that's put in action and a God who comes and works in that, in that, that seed of faith and produces something in a moment that he can do something great in 40 days. He can do something great in 40 seconds. He can do something great in whatever moment we give and allow him. In Numbers chapter 13, we're going to take a look at this message. 40 days from now, where are you going to be? 40 days from now, you'll still be going to the school that you go to. Possibly the work that you've been going to. We have no idea what 40 days might bring. But there's decisions that we can make. And those things that we can set in place. The number 40 is significant in the Bible. And have you ever noticed that when you look at the number 40, 
There are many times where 40 shows up and for instance, even early on in the, the ark, whenever Noah built the ark and the floodwaters came and it, it flooded the area, the ark was carried across those troubled waters, those waters that brought destruction. God allowed and, and called him to build an ark that took him above those troubled waters and for 40 days they floated on those waters and they entered a place that was once a place that God cursed and God condemned and that 40 days on that boat or that ark took them to a promise or took them to a place of fulfillment, what God had for them. It was 40 days that, that Moses, when he went on to, up to the mountain and spent time with God, for 40 days he spent time with God. He received a word from God, the Ten Commandments, and he had the covenant. He brought it and he, he gave it to the people, became the law and the, and the rule to live by. The, the covenant came from, from Moses as a relationship with God, and it was engaged in that time. When Moses spent 40 days on the mountain, you know that Jesus, he spent 40 years after he was baptized, I'm sorry, 40 days, that after he was baptized, he was in the wilderness for 40 days. As soon as he was baptized, the Holy Spirit took him into the wilderness and he was there for 40 days. But in that 40 days, he, he then entered the fulfillment of his ministry. He started his public ministry. What is the significance of the number 40? And it's this, it means fulfillment and deliverance to be brought from where you were into what God has destined and determined and planned for your life. To go from your ordinary and your common into your specialized, your anointed and your destined, your destiny that God has for your life. The wilderness is the common place where everybody lives. And too many times we make ourselves at home in the wilderness. Too many times we justify or we build our lives and, and, and reason and things and we stay in the wilderness. But God wants you to walk in the fulfillment of your marriage, in the fulfillment of your, of your, of your employment, of your workplace, the fulfillment of your family, the fulfillment of your life, the fulfillment of this church. I believe that we, the people here of God at Faith Assembly, for this time and for this hour, I believe God is calling us together to walk into the fulfillment of why this church was started 34 years ago. That God is calling us to walk into the fulfillment fulfillment of what he started. We're not walking into anything new. We're still carrying the torch of what Don Immel, Steve Sparks, and George Pogie, the ones who passed on the baton. We're not doing anything different. You say, pastor, it looks a lot different. Well, you look different after 35 years too. Amen. What do you think? 35 years later, we're going to do the same thing? You're driving the same car 35 years later? You're sleeping on the same mattress 35 years later? You're doing the same, the, the, the same style and the same stuff you did 35 years later? No. You say, well, the church should. Yeah, the church will change. You know why? Because the church changed even from that point. This has been a change. What has not changed is the power in Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church. We are the body. And if you don't know, the body changes after a couple years. The body goes through change. The body goes through these things that, that in this, this part. We are the body of Christ. We are not in a place of trying to do better than what was done before. We're only faithfully doing what has been done in the time and the season that we're in because those who have gone before us have been faithful to do what God has called them to do in the season that they were in, in the place that they were in, the things that God had called them to do. There is only one gospel there is only one Savior. There is only one way to heaven. There is only one truth. There is only one spirit. There is only one baptism. And we are a part of that body as a whole. And he has a purpose and a plan. And my desire is to say starting today. You say, well, haven't we started that already? Yeah, we have. But sometimes you just need to refocus again and say, this time, today, I'm walking towards the fulfillment and the purpose that God has for my life. I don't know who you are today when that word was spoken on that New Year's service. 
that this is the last year in your wilderness and the first year in your promised land. I want you to get ready because God is about to fulfill that word in your life. God is bringing you into a season where he's fulfilling that word. I'm standing, I'm standing like Moses, and I pray that God will let me be like Joshua. I want to be like both. I want to be Moses that sees into it, and I want to be Joshua that gets to go into it also. I don't want to just be the Moses who looked and said, there's the promised land, and don't get to go in, but I want to also be on that edge. And I feel like I'm standing there saying, God has something for us. He's leading us into. He's walking us into, and God is desiring for us to be ready and to be at a place for him to take us into what he wants to do in our lives and in our community. You say, what does that look like? I really don't know the big picture. All I know is this. It looks like me being totally surrendered to him and him having his complete way in my life, in my future, in my dreams, in my plans, in my home, in my everything that I am. That's all I know. And I do know it will impact people coming to know Jesus Christ. That I do know. It will also consist of people miraculously being healed in just places where sometimes they just walked on the platform or walked in a place and around people there's an atmosphere that even the atmosphere, there's a presence of God that it's so contagious that it just works because the presence of God is so real. Do you believe in such a spirit and a presence of God that can invade a place? Lord, help us on these next 40 days to make ourselves ready to walk in that fulfillment, amen? To walk in the fulfillment of what it is that you have for us. This morning, if you have your Bibles, and I wanna just read this scripture because we're gonna spend some time in fellowship together. But in Numbers chapter 13, here we read a story of some spies that had gone into the land and here the the, uh, Israelites have been walking in the wilderness and they're getting ready. They're right on the edge of the promised land and here's what happens. They're coming to the promised land. Some of them said, hey, We should send spies because I'm not so sure this is a good idea. God says, your ideas aren't really that good, but I'll let you go ahead with it. Go ahead and send some spies in. And so God gives them the instructions, and here they are. They're sending spies into the land. Verse 17, Moses gave the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they lived in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops that you see. Verse 21, so they went up and explored the land. From the wilderness of Zin, as far as Rehob, near Lebo Hamath, going north, they passed through the Negev and arrived at Hebron, where the the Anakites lived. Verse 23, when they came to the valley of Eskel, they cut down branches with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two men to carry it on a pole between them. They also brought back samples of the pomegranates and figs. That place was called the valley of Eskel, which, which means cluster. Because of the cluster of grapes, the Israelite men cut there. After exploring the land for 40 days, here they are now, 40 days later, 40 days from now, they explored the land, and you just heard, they went into this certain direction, they did this certain, this certain path, and they found these things, they come back into the land. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, the whole community of Israel, Kadesh, in the wilderness of Paran. They reported the whole, to the whole community what they had seen, and they showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here are the kind of fruit that it produces. And they should have ended the report right there. That should have been enough. They said, we went into the land. It is a great land. It's flowing with milk and honey. And here's some of the proof of what we found. But it didn't end there. Because you read on, and it starts with this word, but. 
But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. I lost my place, sorry. There it is. Oh, yeah, okay. Aha, here we are. But the people living there are powerful. Their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants in the land, the descendants of Anak, which by the way, Anak came they are the ones that uh, also Goliath would have come from. The, the giants, you, you study that whole thing, the Anakites and where they came from. That all came from Genesis chapter 3, which by the way was the result of sin. And so the short lesson there is the giants in our life most of the times are the things we gave birth to. The sin and the disobedience that we walked in, we gave birth to our own giants. And so the giants that are eating or coming against us are, are sometimes, sometimes the struggles we're having, we've given birth to our own problems sometimes. We have to be honest before the Lord admit that. And it's, we'll talk about that during the cartoon life. He says here there are people so, so, so large, they're giants. The Amalekites live in the Geb. And the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast. Basically they're saying they're surrounded. Those, those giants are all over the place. They're on the shores, they're in the mountain, they're in the hill valleys, or the hill valleys. Put those two together. The hill, <laughs> the hills and the valleys are... It's just all, they're everywhere, right? You know they're everywhere when they're in the hill valley. (laughs) Verse 30, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, Caleb said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Caleb was the only one who said, let's go at once. We can take the land. But they said, no, they are giants, and we felt like grasshoppers. And so this decision, 40 days later, they're standing at their decision. And that day, they were either going to run into the promised land that God had, or they would keep circling the wilderness in that 40 day. Father, I pray that you would help us to be people who would not circle the wilderness any longer, but God, that we would allow your spirit, even now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and arrest our hearts. I pray, God, that you would arrest our minds, that God, you would take control of all that we are. We surrender to you and ask God that you would help us to walk in the power of your spirit, that we might experience the fulfillment that you have. God, not not for our glory, but for yours. Help us to be the people you've called us and destined us to be in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I want to take, listen quick, because I'm going to talk fast. They're exploring the land. Moses sends them to explore the land. I don't know about you, but anytime you become an explorer, I was an explorer who would go to my grandfather's woods and I would explore the acres of woods and every time I would explore the land and his woods and the trees, I saw forts all over the place. They weren't built yet, but I was about ready to start building them. I mean, I would look at certain trees. I mean, that would make an awesome tree house. I would look with just anticipation and excitement. I couldn't wait to find the scrap and get the stuff, and I would go and I would build. You see, because explorers are those who look with anticipation for great things that they're going to find. You're not much of an explorer when you go to find out whether or not you should go or, or shouldn't go, but when you're going to look for all the reasons and all the things that God has for you. Many times in our lives, we, we, we understand that when we explore, we're, we, we 
sometimes go and we, we identify whether it's possible or not. God didn't ask you to spend your 40 days and determine whether or not it's possible. He told you to go and prepare yourself and make yourself ready because when you know who Christ is inside of you, you understand that all things are possible. Explorers are those who go where others might not go because they believe something that others haven't even thought about. Explorers are those who will go where, where most people will not go because they have seen things or believed things that other people haven't even given a thought to. The Bible says in Ephesians, now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. There's a God who can do more than we can even imagine. And if you can't believe, this was shared last week as Pastor Josh, Josh preached and just from the word of God, Jesus said, if you believe, it will be possible. If there's a belief, if you don't see it, you're not gonna walk in it. And that's been a theme over a couple of weeks that that I've been hearing and things that have been coming out, there needs to be a faith that rises up in us that we say, God, I believe that you can reach my public school. I believe that you can reach my family members. I believe you can heal this cancer. I believe you can turn this community around. I believe you can turn Fayette County around by the power of Jesus Christ. I say things sometimes and I wonder who in the world is talking. I talk about what God's going to do in this place and there are times I honestly hear myself and I say, God, you better show up because I can't see this. But Lord, help me keep talking about what you're able to do because the moment I start talking about what I feel like, I'll miss what you want to do in my life. I'll spend another year circling the wilderness, getting close and say, wouldn't it be nice? Oh, wouldn't it be nice? In our lives of experiencing, here's some things that we need if we're going to walk in the fulfillment and the things that God has for us. From this word, I want to give you three things real quick. And if you received one of these 40 days from now, there's, a, there's on here, this is just encouragement for us as we share time here in the next 10 minutes as we, as we greet one another and we spend time together. But it has on here what it's going to take, three things it's going to take for us if we're going to walk in the fulfillment that God has for us. Number one, it takes God's promise. Do you understand that Moses and them are camped just outside the promised land? Here they are. They're right at the threshold. They're right at the door of what God promised them. And God says, go spy out the land. And as they go, they're standing in that place and they're about ready. They understand God has given them a promise to go from slavery into the promised land. Because here's what he said in Exodus chapter 3. He said, so I have come down. God speaking. I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Parasites, Hivites, and Jebusites. I don't know about you, but here they are. They're standing. God gave them that word in Exodus. God said, I'm taking you from this place of slavery and I'm gonna take you into the promised land. It'll be a land flowing with milk and honey. It'll be spacious. It'll be bountiful. It'll be there, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, he says that to them and they all get excited Woohoo! we're going out of slavery so they said hey let's have a party so in exodus they throw a party and say woohoo god's going to do great things in our lives yeah they're having a party they're excited all of a sudden they're now standing at the threshold and the door of that promise they forgot the party they had they forgot the celebration they had because now they're standing at the door saying i'm not so sure i'm not so sure now Let's send spies. And here they are. They're standing at the place. And God says, all right, go ahead. Send some spies in. The spies come back. So what would you find out? Uh, Well, we found out that it's bountiful. It's spacious. It's a land flow with milk and honey. And the Canaanites, the Hittites, they're all over the place. They're there. Well, that's what God said. That's the land. Let's go. But instead of holding on to God's promise, someone spoke up and said, but there are giants in the land. 
You see, if we're going to walk into the fulfillment that God has for our life, we've got to understand that his promise is enough. Why is it that they weren't, they weren't able to work or to operate on God's promise alone? In your life, if you're going to experience what God has for you, you've got to hold on to the promise even though you don't see it all. Even though you just have a part of it. You hold on to the word and the promise of God and you keep holding on. You keep standing on what the word of God says and you let that promise be enough to push you forward. That promise to be enough to carry you into the purpose that God has for you. The promise that God has for them, he he had already pointed it out. He said in those 40 days, and sure enough, it was confirmation. They saw it. But why is it that when they confirmed and saw God's promise, they weren't willing to go? Because they saw the giants that were in the land. They saw the giants, and, and in fact, his promise wants to take us to a place And we see the proof of what God has for us, but they missed their chance to walk in the fulfillment. Your fulfillment is when you realize who you are in Christ and start living like it. Your fulfillment will not occur until you know who you are in Christ and start living in the promise that he has for you. Who you are is not your abilities, your talents, what you've done. Who you are is the promise of what God has spoken over you. And the word of God spoken over you is all that you need. Because without the word of God, you have nothing. If all you have is gifts and talents and ability, you won't go far. But when you've got the promise of God's word over your life and you're living according to what his promise says, that is the key that will open the door. When you engage faith in the word and the promise of God, it will open the door and it will make a way for you because you will be in a place where you will have more than enough because how many know the word of God will not return void the word of God will not return void without accomplishing the work that he set it to do he's not going to set you up for failure son daughter mom dad he's not going to send you to your school to be a light for him and set you up for failure he's setting you up for blessing he's setting you up for prosperity he's setting you up to be a leader he's setting you up to see his kingdom come and his will be done he's setting you up for greater things than you can imagine he's got greater things in store for you and I I need to wrap this up listen first thing you need is God's promise the second thing you need is God's perspective Do you realize our greatest obstacles are not the giants we see, but the giants we feel? Listen to how he he responded. They saw the giants and how big they were, and they exaggerated how small they were. Here's what they said. Numbers 13, 33. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought of us too. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. Goliath was a champion of the Philistines. He was a champion uh, of the Anak, and, and he would have been of that clan. He was somewhere between nine and 10 feet tall. So in its, in its best, probably 10 feet tall. And here's what the Israelites are saying. He's 10 feet tall. These 10 feet tall giants, we are like grasshoppers. How many know they exaggerated a little bit? They immediately went to, we're way down here. Now, you really think you had Israelites walking around that were two feet tall? I mean, these Israelites that were getting ready to, uh, I'm sure there were other Israelites that were at least pushing five feet. And that's a little bigger than a grasshopper compared to a 10-foot giant. Isn't it something that when you set your eyes on the giant, you exaggerate what your fear and you exaggerate what really the problem is around you? You begin to exaggerate the problem. The problem becomes altogether bigger when you see the giants. You begin to exaggerate. And all of a sudden, i got a big problem. And the reality is your problem isn't that big. The problem is that you forgot how big your God is. The problem isn't that your, your problem is so big. The problem is that you forgot to fix your eyes to know who your God is and know these two things. Here are two great deficiencies in our lives and in our fulfillment and us walking in the power that God has for us. Two great deficiencies. Number one, we don't know who God is. And number two, we don't know who we are in Christ. 
We don't know who God is and we don't know who we are in Christ. If we would understand those things and know who our God is, know his promises that are true, and know who we are in Jesus Christ, that he opens the door and he makes victory possible in our lives. When they showed the fruit, it should have been enough for them to say, hey, that matches God's word. Let's go at once. But instead they said, well, I'm not sure. Let's, let's stop and think about it some more and see if maybe this might be what God, and the word of God is right in front of them. And they said, well, I'm not so sure. Let's think about it some more. Quit thinking about it. Your problem sometimes, my problem sometimes, is that I'm thinking about it too long. And the more I think about it, it becomes my ideas, and I forget the word of God, forget the promises of God. I think long enough, I can start getting rid of his promise and start putting it in my own opinion. And we can live our lives based on what I feel and what I think, and I miss what his word says. And you'll only be fulfilled when you live knowing what his word says. Enough, cut, dry, final, absolute. There's no other way to say it. It's his word alone. How do I have the faith to stand on healing? Well, I can't tell you because of what I heard from so-and-so or what this and that. His word says, by his stripes we are healed. The word of the Lord says, how do I know I'm saved? How do I know? He says this, he's willing that none should perish. That if I call upon him, he'll be faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. It's what his word says, but I don't feel it. Forget your feelings. Just know what his word says. When you start living what his word says, you can't help but walk in the fulfillment and the blessing that God has for you. You'll walk in the purpose, the promise, and all that God has. Know his word. I want to end with this. They should have left it at this. I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and I want you to follow me this morning as we wrap this up. They should have left it at when they gave their report. Here's 40 days later, and they're giving their report. The land is bountiful. It's spacious. There's great fruit. Here's some samples. It's flowing with milk and honey. That should have been it. They forgot God's promise. They didn't have God's perspective. They thought we look like grasshoppers. You don't know who. No, in Jesus Christ, you're, you're way more than a grasshopper, young grasshopper. You're way more. In Christ, those things that we need, he gives us way more. And, and here's, here's what happens. They come about and they said, the land is plentiful. And they should have stopped there. And they should have went into the land. But someone speaks up and pulled one of these things off. Hey, there's giants in the land. Just saying. You ever been around somebody that likes to end their sentences or pull it out at one of those points and just use it? Hey, just saying. You ever met somebody like that? I'm going to tell my daughter. I won't say which one. I will use names and we're kind of free to do that. I'll buy her ice cream. She'll be all right. We had this conversation one day, and she said, Dad, I want to. And I said, honey, you can't. You know you, you, you know, you already spent your money. You can't get that. To which she follows up and says, well, Jaron got to get just saying. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> you can't pull that just saying on me. Because when you pull the just saying, it's one of those things of you're about to make a decision, but your decision needs to be faced or met with this great observation that I want you to know. And this great observation has to be in consideration before you make this decision. Just saying. Isn't that right? It's like that way. I've got to make my point. Just saying. And here it is, somebody stepped up in the crowd and there's, they're saying, yeah, the land was plentiful, plentiful, it was wonderful, it was awesome, it was fruit, all, of, all this stuff, it's there. And then someone else says, but there were giants in the land, just saying. 
Just saying. But there were giants. Just want to make that known. Here's my question to us. Because if all we do is just saying, then all we're doing is spending another season walking in the wilderness. Because you can say and say and say and say and say, but you're still where you've always been. You're never getting from where you are until you quit just saying and start being like Caleb who says, let's go immediately. His word, his promise, he's spoken this. Let's go immediately and take the land. Let's walk into the promise that God has for our life. Here this morning, wow, there's so much stuff here. Let me close with this. Joshua and Caleb are the only two that gave the good report, right? There were 10 other spies who were just saying. But Joshua and Caleb were ready to go. Do you notice though, Joshua didn't say a word. You only know later that Joshua was one of them by reading on. The Bible said, and the Bible says it's ten other spies. So process of elimination tells you it was Caleb and Joshua. But in chapter 13, Joshua doesn't say anything. Caleb does all the talking. It's kind of interesting to me that Caleb does all the talking when Joshua's the leader. Joshua's the leader, but Caleb's the one talking in this process. So why wasn't Joshua talking? Why wasn't Joshua the one saying, hey, we got to go, we got to take it? And I found that interesting. I had to look at that. And when I looked at the meaning of their names, it was this light bulb that says, man, that makes sense because Joshua can't speak until Caleb does. Why? Because Joshua means Yahweh is salvation. Joshua, that word, the name Joshua means Yahweh is salvation. Caleb means wholehearted or faithful. And Yahweh can't save until faith is enacted. Yahweh can't speak up until Caleb speaks up. Yahweh can't do anything until Caleb starts walking. If there's not a Caleb, Yahweh can't can't do anything. If there's not a Caleb, Joshua can't lead. If there's not a Caleb that says, I'll go. And here's what I want you to know, church. If we become the Caleb's that says, I know the word of God. I know his promises. Let's go. Then Joshua, the Yahweh, will step in front of you and say, good idea. I'll lead the way. Let's go. Sorry, I got a little excited. You want God to do something in your life? You want God to walk you into fulfillment? then it's time to stop being the 10 spies that look at the giants and start being the Caleb that says, I heard the promise, I've seen, I've tasted, I know there's more, so let's quit staying where we've been and let's go after what God has for us. The moment you become Caleb, Joshua starts to speak up because here's what I'm saying to us today, we're not looking for Joshua. Joshua is Yahweh's salvation. We already know who our Savior is. We know who the one is, but God is saying, let there be some Caleb's that will rise up and begin to speak with one another. Let's quit being 10 spies that are spreading discouragement and just saying, just saying, and all we've ever done is just saying, God forgive us that we can too easily be an American church with just opinions and no faith. We are an American church where most of our faith is more opinion than it is action. It's more what we think. I don't care what you think. I don't care. That sounds mean, doesn't it? I'm sorry, mom. I don't think mom will be listening to this. But anyway, it doesn't matter what we think. All we need to know is thus saith the word of God. When I live according to this and what it says, I become Caleb that says, let's go take the land. And Joshua comes right out in front and says, good idea. I'll lead the way and I'll take you there. I'll build the kingdom. All you need to do is let me. That's what God says to us. I'll take you from here. As long as you'll be the one that stands up and says, I wholeheartedly trust and commit. So let me ask you over these next 40 days,
Will you wholeheartedly commit and allow God to do what it is that he wants to do in your life? Will you wholeheartedly commit and say, God, build your kingdom here. Do in me what you desire to do. What is it? 40 days, where will you be 40 days from now? Where will you be 40 days from now? Circling the same place you've always been? Or walking closer in the fulfillment and the promise that God has for you, for your family, for your home? Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week.